You're listening to the Simple Growth Podcast, the show that helps business owners get their life back. Here's your host, Mike Callahan. Hey, welcome back to the SA Weekly Talk Show. Mike Callahan here with uh, Shana Weisinger of Repurpose House. Going to be bringing some information to the SA community about social media content posting and um, something that is not really widely known is the ability to repurpose your social media content. Uh, Shana it is out in the, I believe, the Phoenix area, been in the social media game for a while. Uh, Shane, if pe- people have never heard of you or Repurpose House, you wouldn't mind giving us just a little background on yourself, how you got into the, the media game, and uh, kind of a little background of what we're getting into later today. Yeah, sounds good. Well, thanks for having me, first of all. Um, I, my background is in video production for strategic marketing. So I spent the last five years creating videos for businesses that weren't just like, make a pretty video and put it on YouTube and hope something happens, right? Because a lot of businesses do that, which is crazy to me. But it was more like, let's figure out a great strategy that speaks to your audience where they live and exist because, you know, everybody's audience is different. And um, let's create video based on that that will actually be effective, generate ROI, things like that. So my background has been in video production, digital marketing, and how to actually market video specifically. And um, one pain point that I kept seeing over and over and over again is people creating one piece of content and then it just goes away because they are so focused on creating the next piece of content and the next piece of content. So um, they spend all this time and energy and a lot of times money, you know, creating longer form content that's really great and impactful. Uh, but a lot of times it just gets left behind because it's just always stressful trying to get the next piece of content out there written in your blog posts, you know, recorded video, however it is that you generate content. So um, I started Repurpose House to kind of alleviate that. All my fellow marketers were having the same problem. They're just chasing that next piece of content. So we created a way to make it really easy to take content that that has traditionally done really well for you. So if you have like three blog posts over the last three years that consistently have driven leads to be able to take that blog post or video um, and turn it into smaller snippets that are actually optimized to get engagement on social media um, and then drive traffic back to those lead sources. You know, why give up on something that's working? You know, keep driving traffic there. So that's kind of the baseline of why I started it was I got a lot of questions when I was creating a ton of video for people and um, just trying to make life a lot easier for content creators like myself, really. I have a soft spot for content creators. Yeah, and I can really appreciate that. And I think one of the biggest struggles um, is, is I got into the social media game four or five years ago, trying to build that that relevancy and just um, just give content, show people how to do that. Is now I've got this massive library of several hundred videos and blog posts and different things like that. Um, and that's what actually drew drew my attention to you when I when I met you a few weeks ago and saw some of the repurposing of the content is. Um, in, in theory, and I'm just you know I'm not on a pedestal here. I think that that I kept this this database of, of knowledge and as things got crazy with the sales season, I started to purposely repurpose some of the stuff, not knowing of, of, of people actually going out and do this. And you're right. Some of these blog posts or some of these videos that had great engagement, I reused and they were almost more powerful the second time around because it was almost like it resonated with the person that, Hey, this looks familiar. I, I better pay attention to it. And it actually had better conversion for our sales and traction the second time around. Um, yeah. So I, fact that somebody's actually out here repurposing this and uh one of, one of the guys that rolls in my inner circle uh, eli hall is kind of what turned me on to you when it came into his news feed um but it was interesting on the different social media platforms i got a few general questions i want to get in and in best practice we'll dive into but i really was curious 
Um, it looked like you're using different uh, sizes and frames and different approaches based on the social media outlet. So uh, the big hitters, obviously, at your Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram, maybe even LinkedIn. Now, is there a approach if somebody's watching this and wants to tackle them themselves that are we using the same exact repurposed content in each social media content area? Or are we making a little bit different for each medium as well? You know, I, you want to make sure that the content that you're repurposing or even like the assets that you're creating fit the audience of the platform. So like something on LinkedIn is going to feel different than something on Instagram because Instagram's like hyper visual. They like pretty things on Instagram. LinkedIn is more about like, giving value, everything should give value, but LinkedIn is more educational, generally speaking. It's B2B, just like the approach is a little bit different. So just making sure that you, A, you should already know your audience, where they live, and kind of like the way that they like to consume you know, value. I'm always like, if you're giving value in your content, then you're a step ahead of a lot of people in business in general. So I feel like as long as you're giving value, you're going to be doing great. Just making sure that you are formatting it properly, just visually for your audience. As far as like the best way to post, Traditionally, if you're going to post on like a feed, a Facebook feed, an Instagram feed, a LinkedIn feed, you always use Square. Square, has it takes up 78% more space on a feed and everybody's scrolling on their phones. So, I mean, it's going to take up way more space and it gets a ton more engagement. Like we're talking the views skyrocket and the engagement. And what I mean by engagement, for those of you guys who don't know, is people actually typing a comment, people actually sharing it, people actually like clicking like, doing something with that post. Square does so much better than Landscape does. And there, there's a couple, actually Buffer is a company that did a really cool study on it. There's tons of stats on Square video and images just outperforming any other size. So if I'm understanding right, that, that, that Square is actually more of a pattern interrupt alongside the actual content. So if someone's scrolling through, they're not looking to buy lawn care service or home cleaning services, but that square is helping that pattern interrupt because it's filling in the whole screen. It's filling in so much more space. Yeah. And then, you know, another stat heavy one is just using video instead of imagery. Like imagery is great and it has a place, but video gets shared 1200% more than text and images combined. So like to use video, it's so much more powerful than it is to use text, but ultimately you need to be using a nice um, like flow of both of them. And I couldn't agree more. Video is just definitely engaging. And I guess probably my first uh, question coming into this is, uh, from your experience, what's the biggest frustration that people have when it comes to actual content creation itself? Um, I know a lot of times uh, when I'm going out and doing content for the lawn care company, a lot of times I'll just be driving along and looking at uh, a pain point or, or something that, that needs to be addressed. Dress. It, it, I feel myself that a lot of times it's hard to come up with new content each and every day. So what what is the biggest frustration point you see and, and how do we overcome that as social media experts? Yeah, you know, it's exactly what you're saying. The biggest frustration is creating the content. So, I mean, that's having the ideas is easy, but 44% of marketers all say that creating content is the hardest part. So actually being, that's where repurposing comes in because if you're consistently having to create a new piece of content to be on your feed every single day, because in order to, you know, be front of mind, you have to be on social media consistently, right? I mean, you saw Eli's stuff, all of a sudden he's popping up all over the place just because he's using the one piece of content, but it looks like 80 different pieces of content, right? So, you know, one way to come away from that is to just create a handful of really, really good pieces of content that are a little bit longer that you can then chop up into smaller pieces and then they all become standalone pieces and you're front of mind constantly. Because like you said, you're driving along and you're like, oh, I, this is a great thought to produce a piece of content with. 
but like, are you gonna like pull over and write a blog post? Or I mean, in some cases you can take out your phone and film a video, but it's tough to just actually make the time to sit down and make the piece of content. So taking the existing stuff and turning that into a ton of pieces that you can put is way easier. Okay, so if I'm understanding right, and somebody's watching this and, and they're in the service industry, uh, so what you're proposing is we're gonna we're gonna go out and create a, a, a larger piece of content and then go to a service like yours, or if they're gonna do it internally, basically break it up into a four or five part segment maybe, mm -hmm. and have those smaller pieces of content um, be multiple pieces of content. So we can we can go out and cut one video, but maybe have a whole week's worth of content. Now, um, I guess. Before I get into the next question, I guess my question is, if we're doing that, is there any strategy if we're taking one full piece of content and chunking it up, is there any strategy that you would recommend to drive them to maybe a landing page for retargeting or pixeling on a Facebook um, and then use that almost as a, a little teaser to the whole entire maybe lead magnet that you're, you're giving away on that, that landing page? Yeah, absolutely. You know, so I'm going to use Eli. Eli is going to be the star of the show. Um, as an example, he repurposed one piece of content. So he's great. He knows that he's got the long form content piece on a on a page on his website. And this one was like the top five landscaping tips. So he literally went in his backyard. He had his phone. He recorded like a three, four minute uh, video. Maybe it was a little longer, but talking about like he literally wrote down one, two, three, four. He went through all five things of what you know, the big title of like, here's what one of the tips are, and then kind of broke it down a little bit further. But the long full piece of content was on his website on its own page. Now, then he used us to take each individual tip, we turned them into their own pieces of content, not only video. So we did the square, right? Because you want it to be square. We've got his video in the center. Um, I, don't, I don't think we can share. I have examples, but I mean, check out his page. But you can see the one example video on top of that video, you've got a really cool like, big bold piece of text that's like landscaping tips you need to know tip one and then it says it and then people are able to actually say oh that's interesting to me instead of just scrolling through a talking head that they may or may not care about right at least it gives them some sort of okay now we kind of know what this video is going to be about it pertains to me they can watch that shorter piece of content and then at the bottom it says to watch this full video go to and it has the video or he's he's smart because he does like his website forward slash resources or forward slash landscaping or whatever it is that's really short and easy for people to remember because it's not a clickable link when it's on the video because Facebook doesn't like that. Facebook doesn't like if you're going to put a link to take them out of Facebook. It's just not not something that they're fans of. So on the actual piece of content, he tells people where to go. And then, you know, there are other ways you can get around it. Like, you know, if you put it in the comments, I'm sure Facebook at some point is gonna be like, you can't do that anymore. But if you actually link to the page you want people to land on in your comments and let them know in the copy, hey, the link's in the comments to watch the rest of the video, then you can send them to your website where you have like lead generation. Like, let's say you do a downloadable PDF about, you know, the best practices on digital marketing on LinkedIn, right? Or whatever your audience is interested in. Have that lead capture form. Don't make it like they have to input anything in order to watch the full length content. Because the last thing you want to do is force people into gated content that they were already interested in. To me, I feel like that's a turnoff, um, depending on how valuable the content is. 
But if you're sending them to one of your pages that is a great resource and you have a pop-up that's like, I know this is going to be interesting to you, get their email address. Now you have them as a part of your list that you can continuously market to them on. And then, you know, to your point about the Facebook pixels, you know, you have them land on your website. Now they're tracked. Like you can continue to advertise to them with more value-based content. You already know what they clicked through and why they clicked through. So keep serving them more content like that. So you, then you become the voice of that industry to them. And you all of a sudden become everywhere when you start advertising to them. Love it. Couldn't agree anymore. Great, great ideas. And, and, and I think just to show the relative and you know, how I think how correct you really are on this is, you know, that the leaders in digital marketer, the Frank Kearns, the Ezra Firestones, everybody's got these square blocks with some text in there. It's, it's creating that pattern interrupt. Um, and obviously I'm looking over here to read some of my notes, but obviously content being the most important thing um, you need basically what do we need um, in our arsenal to, to push this out on a daily basis? We can't be talking about the same things. Are you starting like a daily um, content calendar in advance? Are you just flying by the seat of your pants? Are we going out once every day, every every other day? I'm assuming consistency is the key. Do you start off with little chunks and then kind of evolve into this? Yeah, you know, the... One of the biggest complaints of digital marketers can be overwhelmed thinking that, oh my gosh, I have all this content I need to post. And it's just, there's so many platforms and it needs to be on my blog and then also on Facebook. So really sitting down and creating a content calendar that makes sense for you. And that can, that doesn't have to only include videos, right? It can include blog posts, Facebook lives, like what you're doing here. This is a part of your content calendar. You know that you do this once a week or twice a week, whatever it is that's on your plan, just making sure that you have it lined out. So it makes it, I feel like if it's on paper and it's in front of you, it's less overwhelming. You can just look at it and be like, I know I have to post this. And the cool thing is you can front load a lot of this content. So you can create it all. Like let's say Monday, the first Monday of the month is your content creation day. And you have your videos, you film them, you chop them up, you have them put into blog posts, whatever. You spend four or five hours creating your content. You can always go onto these platforms and schedule when you want them to be posted. So it's not just like a bulk upload and then you're overwhelming people. You can actually like get ahead of the game. Know that every Tuesday you're going to do an image quote of some cool stat that pertains to your industry. Every Thursday you're going to go live. Every Wednesday you post a video that's like funny or of you specifically talking about something you're passionate about. Um, the more organized you can be, the less intimidating having a great content strategy is going to be. And plus, like you said, consistency is key. So people will get used to seeing every Tuesday that stat or something like that that's, you know, helpful to them. And you just you don't want to, like, be awesome at posting for three weeks and then disappear the fourth week of the month because you want to constantly be in front of your audience. Like what you hear so far? Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now. Want a free guide to secrets of simple growth automation? Head over to www.startsimplegrowth.com and click Get Started. We'll deliver our guide to your messenger. Plus, enter to win a free estimator chatbot. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. The consistency is the biggest thing. Even right now, my peak sales season with uh, Simple Growth, consistency is struggling. So I, I really like the idea. That's something I'm personally going to be doing in my content game is taking literally the first Monday or Tuesday and blocking out three to four hours. And that that was what really drew me to get you on uh, the weekly talk shows. A lot of people are having trouble with that. And occasionally, yeah. myself, crazy talking and travel schedule is if we can block out a few hours a week and then chunk that out and repurpose it and, and time out those posts, uh, through whether it's Hub, HubSpot or even internally on Facebook, 
Um, that consistency is going to drive more traffic and relevancy. So I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, second thing I got is what is the average lifespan of a social media post? Uh, yeah. Last forever? What does that look like? It's it will upset you. Are you ready? <laughs> Actually, we have a PDF that we created that has these stats on them. And it's like it makes me cry a little bit. So Twitter is 18 minutes. Literally, it's got 18 minutes of life. in it. <laughs> Like you post something and it goes out to your people for less than 20 minutes and then it's gone pretty much forever. So Twitter's the worst. So, you know, whatever. Um, Instagram is 21 hours. So it's not terrible on Instagram. Facebook's only five hours. So people get so excited because they like spend all this time on putting one post up on Facebook on like a Monday. And then they're thinking that's going to drive traffic all week. You literally had five hours on that post organically. And that's just to the people that Facebook allowed it to go out to, right? Because we all know that Facebook doesn't share your post with everybody unless you put ad spend behind it. That's just how they work. So organically, you get five hours on Facebook. LinkedIn's the best out of all the platforms. You get about 24 hours out of one post on LinkedIn. And what I mean by like the lifespan is that if you post something on LinkedIn for 24 hours, you'll still get people who are scrolling, seeing it on their feed. Um, so if I say five hours on Facebook, really, you only get five hours of people potentially hopping on the platform and scrolling and seeing your stuff. So that's extremely interesting. And we've had a lot of social media experts on here. And I don't think anyone has ever broken down the stats. So that is extremely interesting to myself. And I think uh, the general crowd that, that watches this, that they're in the SA community. They're, they're not like your average service industry provider. Uh, they're going out. Uh, we've got a couple guys in our inner circle that actually built recording studios. Uh, nothing like the one yes. I'm putting together. We're talking like legit recording studios. Uh, so I think the people watching understand the power of this social media, but I think you're bringing some context to that, that, that we need to consistently be driving new content and value because um, it can be left behind. And I, I know this is maybe a little outside of the scope of maybe your knowledge, maybe not. Sure. Um, but What's, what's your thought of putting these organic posts out? Is there certain KPIs or key performance indicators or metrics we're looking at it, search engagement of these videos that is it worth doubling down? I probably wouldn't recommend boosting a post on Facebook, but taking that actual post and putting ad spend money behind it um, and then doubling down to make sure it's relevant and, and targeting into your custom audiences. Yeah, absolutely. It's interesting. So we're launching my video podcast at the beginning of next month and we interviewed Dennis Yu and he is like the godfather of Facebook. Literally, he co-wrote the book about Facebook advertising with another guy. And it's like there's 700 colleges who teach it to their marketing students. And one thing that he kept talking about was the organic posts going live, like your phone in front of your face converts so much better than like highly produced content because the psyche of it is that people want to do business with real live people. You become human, you know, and that's not to say that you shouldn't have like professional looking video on your website and things like that. But on social media, like he said that he, I forgot what the company was. It was a massive, oh, it was Ashley Furniture. They had like some ad, some beautifully produced ad that they put on Facebook. Um, and he, tested that against a square video that was a selfie style, right? Just somebody talking to camera. Um, it was the owner or owner, CEO, something like that. And that video that was organic feeling, you know, the phone in front of the face, like beyond outperformed the highly produced piece of content. And I mean, as a video producer, it kind of hurt me a little bit to hear that. But also it's like, I want to know what's working and I want to be able to share that knowledge with people so they can make it work in their strategy. So, you know, to your point, organic video definitely plays a huge part. I mean, and people are using, he was even saying, taking that type of video and actually putting spend behind it and creating an ad campaign around it. Because if that's what gets engagement organically, why wouldn't you put that in front of as many eyeballs as you can? 
but making sure you have a strategy that piggybacks. He's the king of like, you have one great piece of content that's engaging and then retargeting based on like, if somebody watches that piece of content for 15 seconds, then you retarget them with another video. And then you retarget them with another video. It's like, it's kind of a process of gaining their trust and having them know and like you. And then like, before you make an ask, you have to give them some sort of like feeling that they've gotten value out of you and they like you as a person and your business. And you just hit it. And I think the, the name of marketing and sales have completely changed. Um, it's all about content. It's about giving it forward, beginning that know, like, and trust you, just like you said. Um, and I, I think you couldn't have hit it better is the low, the more low produced videos. Uh, unfortunately, for you, your background, honestly, <laughs> right. because people as they're scrolling through that feed are consciously or even subconsciously knowing that that's a produced video and we're being marketed to and sold so many times that people are more likely to engage in a lower produced video that may be shaky in your cell phone. Um, but I think you hit it. And I think when we're looking at this as, as marketers, and I don't know if you have any feedback on this as well, but as we're going out to put these organic posts and then putting some money behind it, uh, we've got basically a cold audience. And we can imagine that sales funnels are driving them in. We've got to take that top of funnel and create that cold audience to a warm audience and build some reciprocity and continue to provide valuable content so they know, like, and trust us. And once we get them into that funnel, uh, very similar to Gary, Gary V, jab, jab, right hook, yeah. we've got to be conscious where we're going to make that right hook. So we've got to have enough value. And I think this is where the repurpose of the social media content is awesome because we can get it on social, different social channels and continue to build that brand equity before we have that ask. So um, I, and I really appreciate you diving in in the psychology of the repurposing of the content. Um, and, and if you don't have time to make new content each day, we can break those big videos up, chunk them up, warm that cold audience to a, a, a really a warm audience, and then go out and uh, have some paid advertisement behind it. So um, I know obviously you've got a really compressed schedule here. I want to respect your time, but I've got one or two more questions I want to dive in. Yeah. To. And, um, so basically, you know, how can people repurpose their content in short, uh, searchable social media videos or Facebook? So. There was something behind it where, and I don't remember the context of it, but is there certain ways we can go in and tag or add certain descriptions where this, this content may even be searchable? Um, oh, absolutely. So, I mean, if you're, if you're coming out of like the Facebook social media world, like I would still take all of those repurposed assets instead of them being square, making sure they're landscape, putting them on YouTube, YouTube is owned by Google. So, I mean, anything you search in Google is going to populate some sort of YouTube video. And personally, I would rather be on YouTube. I'm hyper visual. So that is what it is. I want to watch a video. I don't want to read some text. But Google is the number two search engine. I'm sorry, YouTube is the number two search engine next to Google. So it's like, why not have your content on YouTube and searchable there? So what happens is if you have a little, first of all, YouTube will auto transcribe your videos when you upload them and all of the words that it produced. And what a transcription is, is basically word for word what you're saying on the video. Well, I am Italian and I talk really fast. So all the, not all of the time will it gather it properly. Um, so you can, you can still go in there and make adjustments or you can even have your videos um, captioned uh, for like a dollar a minute on Rev. It's super simple. But if you upload the transcriptions into YouTube, now every single word that you said became searchable. So if somebody goes into Google or YouTube and, set, and types in something hyper-specific that you have that little one-minute video snippet about, the chances of that populating are so much higher. Now, 
double down on that, take that video, put it on your own website, make sure you transcribe the whole thing. And a transcription is different than a caption. Captions are what pop up whenever somebody's speaking, it pops up on the actual video as they're talking. A transcription is the full, like Shana said, X, Y, Z, and it goes through the entire thing and just in like in readable form. Put that transcription on the page, put the video on the page, do a little summary about what the video is about. And now you have like an incredible amount of SEO that will, when people go into Google to search for that type of content, your website will potentially pop up the more and more you do that. So, I mean, just the opportunity to take that one piece of content, don't stop with the Facebook feed, you know, use it in your Facebook stories, put it on YouTube, make sure that it's searchable on YouTube and Google, put it on your website, make sure your website's searchable. There's just so many ways to take one tiny piece of repurposed content and just make it stretch and span all over the place. And I love that approach. And, and if anybody's listening, the detail and thought that's going into this is, you know, if you're going to spend the time to make this video, uh, I think one of the resources that uh, you were just talking about is Rev, um, and they'll actually do a transcription. I know uh, you mentioned it in one of our previous conversations, either uh, Fiverr or Upwork. If yeah. you have a chunk of videos, you can basically bid that out. But that, that transcription, um, when that's on your website, is going to increase the searchability. Um, and, so if I'm hearing you right, you're not only saying we don't, you know, we're going to have our Facebook, our LinkedIn, our Twitter, we're going to have YouTube and potentially repurpose that again on our website on a landing page or a blog post where it's got the transcription. So it's going to up our SEO. So it's a three to four pronged approach that we're hitting all the way around. Yeah. And the one other thing to think about, and actually I just, we just watched a video that Gary V did about this is taking, if you're going to take the video and the transcription and put it on your website, you need to take that and put it into LinkedIn as an article, the full transcription. He was like, if you're not taking those transcriptions and putting them on there, you're missing out on a huge opportunity for searchability and like for people to engage with you on LinkedIn. If B2B is a platform, I'm honestly, I just want to, it's, it's becoming less and less businessy businessy and more of a social platform than it used to be in the past. So, I mean, if you're going to do it, take the extra five minutes and post it to another platform. You're just that much more searchable. That's that's ninja right there, level. I mean, that is unbelievable. And you're right; it's not really as professional. Um, it's more of a social media outlet for for professionals to kind of in, interact. But if you're out there, you own a lawn care company, a home cleaning company. The cool thing is, if if you want to do that content, then you can go into paid content. It's searchable by their actual profession or their job uh, in that profession. So you could potentially go in and target commercial landscape property managers. So we're going to build that relevancy, create you as the expert, and then you can go in with maybe a little bit more of an expensive ad spend, but go in and target those decision makers. So, uh, you know, Shane is bringing the just full circle of the content and how can that basically fill that sales funnel from different angles. Uh, but I guess the last thing I want to really dive into as we wrap this up is um, you mentioned at one point it, video is pretty much the most important um tool that we can use. Do you have any stats behind that? Or, or why do you think that video is the most important, um, you know, tool in our toolbox right now in this social media and content game? Yeah. I mean, the stat that I said before is just staggering. It's video is shared more than 1200% more than text and links combined. I mean, that to me is just an overwhelming statistic that like, if you want to really increase your engagement, then that's what you want to do. And also like engagement, like I said, means commenting, liking, sharing, all of those things. So if if you're going to put a piece of content up, the potential of somebody commenting on it is so much higher if it's video. Now, what happens if you put something on your own feed? The only the X amount of people that Facebook allows who are following you will see it, right? 
But if somebody goes into your piece of content and types a comment, like if you prompt them, and that's another thing, people need to ask for things in their in their posts. Like, hey, what was your favorite thing that happened with landscaping on Thursday? I don't know, whatever. If you can ask them to engage with you, that when they go ahead and type a comment, now your post is going to be populated on the top of their feed. So now all of their audience is going to see the stuff that you've created. So for me, I'm going, if I'm going to take the time to put something up there, I want the type of content that has the potential to get the most engagement statistically, and that's video. You know, and like I said, there's there's still great use for photos, for text, things like that, but video's the, the bomb, man. <laughs> it's effective, and that's for sure. <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I don't know if you're a fan of, uh, uh, you know, uh, digital marketers, uh, perpetual traffic, but they're always coming in with the latest and greatest stats. And one thing they're always is, is talking about is how the algorithm is always changing. Yes. Uh, but the algorithm has been pretty consistent. It's rewarding live community friend based content in, in interaction. And the more uh, organic likes and shares you get, it just it, it, it's content on steroids. So I, 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 I can't thank you enough for coming in and just sharing a, a lot of this free knowledge that it's hard to get, especially a lot of people in the service industry are, are continually out in the field, just working on the business. But I, I think as business owners, we really need to carve out a few hours a week because this is where it's going. Um, very similar to Wayne Gretzky, you know, his success is he's going where the puck's going to be, not where the puck is now. If you're not following where this is going, you're going to be left in the dust, in my opinion. So Shana, amazing, amazing content. I can't thank you enough. We definitely got to get you back on the SA Weekly Talk Show. Yeah, um, if people want to reach out to you, and, you know, are interested in your services or just have some questions regarding social media. Um, and obviously can drop the comments below and we're happy between the two of us to answer this. But if they're looking to reach out directly and, and they don't have the time to repurpose this content, how can how can they get a hold of you? Yeah. So repurposehouse.com is my business. It's what I created to be a solution to the pain point of repurposing. We do all of this stuff. We do them square. We do them for stories. We take text, turn it into video. We take videos, turn more videos, audio to, I mean, you name it, it needs to be repurposed and it can be, and that's what we do. So that's repurposehouse.com. We've actually, if you do decide you want to sign up, we have a cool promo code. It's literally called Mike. So thank Mike here. <laughs> and that's going to be 200 bucks off setup to get you rolling. But what's cool is we use the power of the template. So you're able to create really cool, we call them skins basically, which is the cool square around it um, to get it branded for you. And then, you know, it's a really quick setup and you can just start dropping your content and getting it repurposed really, really fast. Um, I'm Shana Weisinger on all the platforms. Feel free to reach out if you have any questions. I actually, you mentioned digital marketer. We have a digital marketer article coming out in the next couple of weeks. We guest blogged on it and it literally breaks down A to Z, how to do this stuff yourself. Now, if you have the time, I we literally give away the farm, but most of you don't. I know that. So it's a lot easier just to have it done for you. But I have no problem sharing the love and being like, hey, listen, this is how you can do it yourself and at least um, get a taste of how it can really impact your business. Awesome. That's why we, we love having you on here. I want, definitely want to get you back in. Uh, all the content, everything I saw you is just to give. There's no ask. And uh, very similar to what we do at Simple Growth as a certified advisor. Like, hey, here's how you do it. But if you need some help, uh, as an expert, we can we can get that done for you. And I, you know, sure. what you did with Eli Hall um, was just pretty amazing. He's a good looking guy. Uh, <laughs> made him look even better, and it, it's hard to do. So <laughs> he's uh, a cool dude. <laughs> very cool dude. So uh, if you out later this week, Thursday, we're gonna have Michelle of Pink Collars um, going over the commonly asked questions of hiring a virtual assistant to run your service autopilot or whatever other CRM you're using. But uh, Michelle's going to break out what you should be looking for in a VA, commonly asked questions, biggest mistakes of hiring the wrong virtual assistant, 
Um, so tune in. Uh, Thursday will be announced at the time, but sometime Thursday afternoon, Michelle from Pink Collars will be going live with us here at the SA Weekly Talk Show. Shane, really appreciate it. And uh, I'll be reaching out to get you back live. And um, make sure you check her out. She's just doing some amazing stuff, repurposing content and growing in uh, scaling businesses for people through the content uh, arena. So until next or later this week, we will see you at SA Weekly Talk Show, Mike and uh, Shana. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Mike. If you like this show, you might want to check out our resources at www.startsimplegrowth.com. While you're there, enter to win an estimator chatbot. Mike Callahan is available for private coaching.